You're listening to Ants Talk. This episode touches on and discusses suicide. If you feel you may be triggered by these, please consider missing this episode, listening at a later date, or reaching out to Lifeline on 13114 or similar services in your area. My next guest was experiencing hard emotional times till it took its toll in 2012 when she attempted suicide by jumping off Brisbane Story Bridge. Here to tell her story is the amazing Donna Thistlethwaite. How are you, Donna? Hey, Anne. I'm doing really well, thanks. I'm so glad. And thank you again. We, I will let the listeners know, we did a beautiful interview together and I lost it on my computer. It just completely disappeared. So... Donna's been very gracious in coming back and helping me out by doing this again. So I'm so thankful because I loved speaking to you the first time. Cool. Yes. I I hope it's just as good. I'm sure it will be. Now, Donna, can you um, talk about that day? Could we talk about how it started? Yeah, sure. So on the 12th of August, 2012, I'm, I'm guessing you mean that particular day. Yes. Okay, so uh, on that day, I had uh, woken up with a clear decision about what I was going to do in the lead up uh, to that. I'd been having uh, some challenges at work and it had got to the point where I just couldn't see a way out. I felt like I'd messed everything up. I just had this constant negative voice in my head and I couldn't see a solution except not to be here and that afternoon I decided I would drive to the bridge to work out where I'd park and basically uh, plan for later that night when I'd return. Only unfortunately when I was there I decided that I would do it then and there and I threw myself off the bridge. It's incredible. It's, it's, it's actually um, because we didn't actually talk about the decision beforehand and how you'd actually gone there first. That, that's actually a whole other, <laughs> other part of that topic. Um, yeah. What was, um, what was your first memory after the event? I woke up in the Royal Brisbane Hospital and initially I didn't know where I was and then the events of the day came flooding back to me and I was really shocked. My first thought was, holy dooly, mm. I didn't expect to be here. Yeah. I didn't foresee this as a possible outcome, which in hindsight is quite sort of crazy because not everybody who jumps from the bridge actually dies but I hadn't appreciated that at the time and uh, so yeah I was I was shocked to be there my partner was in the room he he wasn't very happy he was he was actually a bit angry uh, because my mother my biological mother had a disability after we had a car accident when I was little when I was oh. three and she for the last 20 years of her life was pretty much in 24-7 care, in mm. basically bed-bound. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. Like, you, you never wanted to be like a mother. And there I was doing something that could have put me at that risk. Yeah, so, yeah. 
get it now. I get why he was angry. It would have been yeah, a big I mean, it would be a few things, I suppose, for him, not only the anger that it could have put you in that position, but it would have also been con- just confusion that why didn't you speak to me and why didn't we yes. sort of hash this out first? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, as we've spoke about in our last interview, um, I myself have had certain periods of my life where I've considered suicide myself. I'm sure many listeners have. And, yes. um, and it, it, it's another thing to then go and also seek out help um, because at that that fragile time it's you know i mean i remember what happened with me was i'd gotten to a certain point and i actually went because i was living in brisbane at the time also and i went to the royal brisbane hospital and i went into Mm. sort of the emergency department and just sort of said to them like i need to see somebody i'm you know i'm having suicidal thoughts and they literally said to me oh go and take a seat and we'll give you a call and that to me was just you're fobbing me off. You don't care. See you later. So I literally sat there for seconds because my mind was racing with thoughts. You know what I mean? Like there was no, there was no rationality. What you mean? Them. And I just yeah. went, you know what? Stuff is. So I just left and I, they kept trying to call me to get me back. And I just ignored the calls of all, of course. Um, I didn't take it any further. I sort of, I can't even remember what I did to be honest, but I obviously sorted myself out and got back to normal and you know, whatever normal is. Um, but that's what I think mm. the hard thing is, is with a lot of people is whoever, you know, if you are a person that can talk about your emotions and your feelings, sometimes it's really hard to find people to actually listen, especially in the professional mm-hmm. services world. Um, and I think that we haven't really put out the, put the finger on the pulse with that yet. I really do believe that that's where there's a big gap in being able to help people in that way. Yeah, yeah, that's tragic what you've just described because, you know, luckily you were able to keep you safe, yourself safe, but, yeah. you know, there might be some people who, because of that, there was a different outcome. Yeah, exactly. And the yeah, funny thing is, is, you know, walking away from that hospital, as you'd know, you've got the, I think it's the Bowen Hills Bridge that goes over the train. Mm. And I mean, I could have walked straight out of that hospital and jumped off that bridge if I wanted to, mm. you know what I mean? Like that. And they're the sort of thoughts that run through your head at the time, because yeah. you just want the racing thoughts to stop. These depressive racing thoughts, you just want them to stop. That's yeah. you know really the biggest thing. And that's a really good point. And, you know, most people don't actually want to die. They just want the pain that they're in the crisis to stop yeah and you know i i think it's that saying that uh, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem or mm. to what is often a temporary problem is so valuable to think about because yes. for most of us it's a, a period it's a, a crisis that that will pass and it's about keeping people alive for that period because life can be so, so different. It can actually be, you know, an adventure. We can actually rewrite or write new chapters that are much more aligned to what it is that we want in life. But we've got to have hope. We've got to, you know, stay alive in order to get that opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Do you, um, did you feel, e- like, did your mind feel ease after or was it still reeling at the time? In some ways it was reeling just as much, if not more, because I was trying to process what had happened. Just and confusion, yeah. uh, 
doctors were saying that I had to have been depressed and I was like, well, I, I, I don't feel like I've had symptoms that I've heard, you know, classic depressive symptoms. Mm. I, I know that something was going on. I think uh, I definitely had a, a mental illness or a mental um, health crisis at that time, without a doubt. I accept that it's not um, typical to do something like what I did and that I had a lot of unhelpful thoughts in my head. And, mm. and so I was trying to process and I, I was Googling, you know, depression and suicide and just trying to work out if anyone else had been through what I'd been through and, you know, what exactly had gone on. And, and I have quite an analytical mind and mm. a busy mind. And, yeah, so I was doing lots of research and, and I was really fortunate in that, while I was in the hospital, I made a decision that I must be meant to be here. I just, yeah. holy dooly, um, I thought if you jump off the bridge, then you died and I must be here for a reason. There must be, a, um, I must have work to do. What do I do now? How do I make sense of this? How do I make sure this never happens again? Mm. No, it's so important. Now, you told your story on ABC's Australian Story. What was the attention like afterwards? Yeah, there was a bit of attention. Obviously, it's a national program and it's a highly regarded program as well. And so I got lots and lots of emails and uh, people reaching out to me in different ways. Even I've had a couple of people recognise me in the shops, which is a bit weird. (laughs) but. Yeah, that was a bit random. Uh, but yeah, look, people reached out and they said things like, I know what that's like. I've, mm. I've experienced it myself. Um, lots of beautiful messages like, my sister saw your Australian story and she recognised herself in it and oh. she's rung me and our mum and now she's getting some help. Oh, Just that's beautiful so messages like that, you know. This man reached out and said, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been there and, in fact, I'm still there now. And I was just like, whoa, okay, what do I do? How do I help? And so I messaged him back and said, wow, I really feel for you. And, you know, here's some things that have worked for me and please don't give up. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that you're going to find something that's going to make a difference for you. And, and I told him how I rode my bike and how I meditate and shared with him the different strategies I use. And then a little while later, I don't know if it was a couple of weeks or a month, he messaged me and said, I feel like I wanted a pill to fix it. And now I realise that, I can actually do this and I've got out my old meditation CDs and I've joined a cycling club. That's amazing. Like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. So yeah, just messages like that was so rewarding to read and it helped. It confirmed, it confirmed that it was a good decision Mm. to 
share the story. Yeah. I, I look, I think it's so important that you share the story. I really do. I think it's, I think with a lot of people when they hear about mental illness or see or hear about their family member or even have an experience with somebody, I think that a lot of people think that it's, it's something that it's, it's almost like a permanent thing that someone's born with and they live yeah. with and stuff where with you and I, I'm pretty sure that you'd agree with me that it was just a really bad time for me. You know what I mean? And I've never thought like that again. And I, who knows if I ever will again, but I think that human, like, I think humans, I think we all go through these, these things at varying mm -hmm. levels. I really do. I don't think anyone is immune to mental illness. I really don't. I agree. Absolutely agree. There's this beautiful spectrum that we talk about at Mental Health First Aid, which is, uh, often called the well-being spectrum and we all sit on there at some point on that spectrum at any given time and you know one end you've got the sort of um, well you're thriving it's the green zone and at yeah. the other far end you've got the struggling and you know that's the red zone and we sit somewhere in there depending on what's going on in our lives our mindset at the time, um, maybe our resilience strategies are going to have an impact, mm -hmm. our protective factors, things like how connected we are with other people, um, you know, whether we've got employment, there's a whole bunch of things like exercise that are going to protect us from mental illness. And I think it's so important to be in that green zone because yeah. when you are and you run into a little hurdle in life, you drop back into that sort of surviving zone in the middle. Mm. But if you're spending a lot of your life just surviving, just getting by on that hamster wheel, then when you do hit a challenge, there's a greater likelihood that you're going to drop back into struggling and that yeah. can be a riskier place for us. So, yeah, I think everything we can do to keep ourselves thriving is really, really valuable. Yeah, because I think a lot of people do ride through the thriving factor and they, they probably look at people that have had, you know, mental illness episodes and stuff and think, oh, but, you know, what, what, what's happening there? I've never done it myself. I've never been there. Because, yeah. I mean, people have said that to me themselves. And I just always say to them, it's, it's, it may not happen now. It may never happen, but yeah. it is, it, it, as you've just explained, it's so many factors that get yeah. you to that level. You know what I mean? It's not just being depressed about something. It is a lot of things yeah. like your well-being, how you're treating yourself, employment, you know, personal, right. you know, relationships, so much goes into yeah. it. And I find that when you are in those really dark places, it is normally that all of those things are combined and that's then what gives you the result that you have. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it can be cumulative. Maybe it's a couple of or a few different events mm. or experiences that happen in life, but other times you can be totally blindsided. The, the death of somebody in yeah. your life, grief can tip you into it. And definitely, it, you know, people don't expect that can happen to them, but, it can. We know 45% of Australians experience mental illness over their lifetime. That's a lot of people. That's yeah. one in two almost. Exactly. Yeah. It definitely, definitely does. I mean, I've been going through the grief of my mother. That was actually last Christmas. So this is our first yeah. Christmas without her. Um, so mm -hmm. even a year on, 
I still tear up at the thought. I can't, if, I, if I'm talking to someone directly with them about it, I can't get through the conversation. And that's a year on. And I'm quite a yeah. strong person, but it was my mother. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not going to excuse that behavior either. I think it's completely normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, absolutely. Make sure you subscribe to Ants Talk. Now, did your husband have issues with coming forward with your story? Yeah, so we're, we're not married. We're partners. We've been together for 14 years. So I, I guess in the law, we're Pseudo husband. husband and wife. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it wasn't easy for him that I decided to share my story. I think there's a whole lot of shame around suicide and I think it probably brings stuff up for him too or people mm. that he should have known or did he contribute to it in any way um, I think those sort of things come up for people yeah. and also he's quite private and all of a sudden people are coming going to be coming into our lives you know they wanted some footage of him in the Australian story episode and it was all going to be very public which wasn't easy for him because he's mm. a very private person yeah I can understand that my husband would probably be the same. <laughs> mm. Why did you think it was important to share? I felt called to mm. speak about it. I had been I had been to like a storytelling event years before at Woodford, and I just left that with this feeling in my stomach, like I was meant to tell stories and. That ultimately led to me sharing my story anonymously at the New Salon Weekend Festival a few years uh, later. Or well, it was a few years after the bridge, not long after Woodford. And I just felt right doing that. And mm. it was all anonymous because back then most of our good friends didn't know what had happened. And I felt like it was important because I wanted to give people hope because having hope that life could be different made a massive difference for me. It mm. got me thriving in life. It got me to the point that I was thriving in life. Yeah. Um, funny enough, when I think about it myself, I think there's, there's a few things. I think that it's really important that you share it purely because for people that don't understand other people that get to that point, it's really yeah. good for them to hear. I think it's also good for people that have gotten to that point before to realize there is hope. Yeah. And the third one would be the people that have ever contemplated or get to that point. It's not always the answer. As you said, you expected it to be, a different result altogether. You didn't expect to survive. Mm. So it doesn't yeah. always work. And you may have to wake up to very different circumstances, as you mentioned about yeah. your mother, even, um, you know, you, your yeah. health could be completely compromised after it. So there are so yeah. many things con to consider and, and how important it is to try and speak to somebody and whether it be somebody that you know, and you feel comfortable with or a complete stranger, because I think that with a lot of us, I mean, with me personally, I love talking to strangers about it because that's, I just find that more helpful. I can be more honest with my emotions and feelings. 
and it just works for me that way. But, you know, we're all different. So try and find yes. that one little thing that is going to help you is, is, is really the, probably the best advice I could offer. Yes. Yeah. I would say just never give up, never give up getting the help you need. And I think everybody has a birthright to feel well and to live a fulfilling life. I agree completely. You deserve it. Just keep speaking to people until you get the help you need Mm. and have hope. That's it. Have hope. I think that's really the only thing we've got in life is hope and that's what we've got to have. Mm, now i know you also created six resilience strategies that you share with audiences when you were public speaking yes. Can you tell us about them yeah sure so these were the first six strategies that changed my life and they're not exhaustive but they were the ones that made a big difference for me in the beginning and the first one was to have a gratitude practice Mm. gratitude is phenomenal it changes what you see in the world when you see what's good in your life you see more good there is this little part of our brain called the RAS the reticulator activating system so that's the part of our brain that when we decide we're going to buy a blue master all of a sudden we see blue masters everywhere (laughs) they were always there it's just that we told our brain or our RAS to tune into them and that's what happens with gratitude when you see the good things, all of a sudden your brain is looking for them in the day. I really, really believe that what we focus on grows. Mm. You know, they say where our attention goes, energy flows. And when it's the good things, it brings us so much joy and so many benefits. And it's got great research behind it now. I have a practice where myself and four other people text three things we're grateful for every day and it's amazing you I love that yeah you get accountability or have accountability and you get a reminder when there's pop in Mm. and then with this practice you actually get to vicariously live their joy as well so Mm. you are in touch with what's great in your own life and then you read about theirs and you just get this mega dose of gratitude very cool. And I think I also mentioned to you that I interviewed only a few weeks ago, a lady that actually created the gratitude glass jars, which ended up being, yeah, ended up being one of Oprah's favorite things. Um, Mm. And it's such a beautiful idea. And speaking to her, she says exactly the same thing you just said was how good life becomes when you start to see gratitude in your life. It's so important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so the jars, another great way you can do it, you could write in a journal, you can send people notes to tell them what you're grateful for about them. It's just... And that would make their day. So many options. Absolutely. And that's so doing something nice for someone else as well. So it's like a double whammy. So the next practice is just to be still and breathe and connecting in with yourself, taking a moment out of the crazy world that we sort of create for ourselves sometimes and just sitting with ourselves, being mindful, Mm. being aware of our breathing and just being totally present. Yeah. Noticing whatever is going on in that moment. And when we do that, 
you know, the, the past doesn't matter, the future doesn't matter either, just be in the moment. And it can be hard. I'm not going to suggest that it's a piece of cake. I have a monkey mind as well. It jumps around everywhere, but I just bring it back to my breathing and I have to do that a lot. But it's a practice. The more you yeah. do it, the better you get. And there's so many great apps around as well. Do you have a favorite app for meditation or mindfulness? I actually yeah. have been doing the um, Deepak Chopra one because he did a 21-day oh, yeah. one where you oh, sort of got a little bit of both. So you got to do the meditation, but you also do had to do a little bit of the gratitude work in it also. And that oh, was nice. free for 21 days. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah, I've done one of his challenges. Yeah, yeah very so cool. Good. Yeah, there's some great apps like Simply Being, One mm. Giant Mind, Buddhify is one of my favourites. I think that one costs about 40 bucks a year, but so worth it. Oh, it's $40 is worth, worth it, really. Yeah. Yeah. And when you consider how much it costs to go to the doctor or to see a mental health professional, and, and I'm not saying this should replace seeing a professional, but it can certainly supplement it, and depending yeah. where you're at, it might actually be enough too you know it's exactly. great for the proactive side of things mm. the next one is to create your best year goals so do some daydreaming think about what your best year would look like what would you have achieved who's there what's it what sounds can you hear how's it feel that's a great Just one. Tap into all of that. Especially, especially this feelings. year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this year has been such an interesting year. Oh, so. it has been. So you can fantasize about your best year. Let's replace it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think, um, well, it's surely upwards, onwards and upwards from here. Exactly. And, you know, I think having some clarity around what it is we want in our life is really powerful. Mm. I've achieved some of my goals this year and, and I would never have predicted that happening. So for almost two years, I've had a poster on my fridge about becoming a member of Professional Speakers Australia, which is the professional association yeah. for Australian speakers. And I honestly thought there was no chance that would happen in 2020 because of COVID. Mm. But it has happened. Oh, that's I achieved amazing. it. Congratulations. Uh, probably three weeks ago. Four wow. Weeks ago. Incredible. That's so good. And the yeah. other, other thing too is like even amazing. with this year, I mean, even though it has been really challenging for everybody around the planet, at the same time, I truly believe that things like this, these challenges, build resistance. It's like I've yes. always said to my husband, I don't fear being poor because I've been poor before and I can yeah. do poor really well. Yeah. So I don't fear being yeah. poor because I've done it. And I think yeah. that that's the beauty of having challenges is it really does build resistance. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. So thinking about your goals, putting a little picture next to them, I, I encourage people to, Think of the five or six things they'd like to achieve in the next 12 months. Put a little picture next to them and put it up somewhere and it affects the little micro decisions that we make throughout the year. But also I honestly believe that when we've got some clarity, the universe, the higher power, whatever yeah. it is for you, helps co-create it with us. Yeah, very it's much like so. the 
right doors open, the right people come in. Sometimes it's achieved so much more easily than you ever would have expected. Uh, sometimes people say to me, oh, but I want the next level down. I want the SMART goals. I want it all planned out. And I say to them, yeah, sure. If that's what works for you, go for it. Just don't be so locked into that view of mm. how it's going to happen that you miss other opportunities that might actually be an easier way to achieve that goal. Yeah. And law of attraction is so important. I reckon, I reckon that stuff works. Yeah, and I especially do. if you work on yourself. If you work on yourself and raise your vibration level, I think you increase your, your potency in attracting mm. that, in, that, that you want into your life. Definitely. Definitely. So number four is do your thing. And that's whatever it is that brings you energy and joy. Five hours doing it can feel like 15 minutes. For me, it's cycling. Mm. I just love getting on my bike yesterday. I went and rode 80 kilometres. It was hot as yesterday, <laughs> but it's still so joyful. It gives me energy. It makes me feel alive. And it's different for different people. Do you know yeah. what yours is? I have oh, yours a, is your art. Yeah. Yeah, I've got uh, mine. Would definitely be my art, but at the moment, <laughs> my new one's doing TikTok videos. Oh. <laughs> oh, I just, I just, I don't know why, but it just really brings me joy. I love doing nice. them. They're just so much fun. Great. There you go. And we want these sort of things in our life because yeah. they help us to feel energized for other activities and exactly. what we often find is that people know these things that bring them joy their uh, their thing but when they get busy they let it fall out of their schedule yeah and that's just when they need it the most exactly exactly you might think you don't have time for it but it actually creates time for other things yeah, I agree. So we have to be really careful. Yeah. Fill that cup, I say. Fill that cup. The next one is to choose positive people, to think about the people that you're spending your time with. Do you have some people in your life who build you up, who, you know, it feels great to be around. You feel mm. energised when you leave them. They're the sorts of people that we need in our life. And they're not always, we're not always going to have those people around us all of the time. Jim Rowan says we're the average of the five people we spend the most amount of time with. And I love that. It's important yeah. to think about your five and let them know that they're one of your five, that they're that special in your life. And they don't even have to be in the same city as you anymore we no. you know you're in adelaide i'm in brizzy this exactly. stuff is possible so do think who you spend your time with and think about how you show up in the world and it could be somebody else's five as well in their five and finally hope help one person every day that's not my original acronym but when i heard it i fell in I love, love with it, it. Yeah, was, it's beautiful it's so beautiful it's so important and it's so easy to find somebody. Yes. There's all this great research around the concept of helpers high and what that is is a phenomenon that occurs when we do something nice for someone else. These happy chemicals get released into our brain 
uh, endorphins are one of them, but there's oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, and they also counter the effects of cortisol, cortisol, which is the stress hormone. Mm. So it's just win, win, win. And there's even some research that showed that when we do something kind for somebody else, they're likely to pay it forward twice. So imagine that you go off, you do some nice things for people at work or the people in your community, and then it creates a ripple effect. It's, uh, you know what, it's, it's as simple as even, because I know driving, when you yeah. allow somebody to come from a side street, say onto the main road that you're, you know, you're on already. Yes. The surprise normally on their face that someone's being that nice to allow them in to take really yeah. over their spot. Um, but at the same time, it makes you feel good because you can just see their appreciation so much because they could have sat there for another 10 minutes trying to get out onto that main road. And it's as simple as yeah. just things like that, seeing that. And then that makes your day because then you're, you're like, oh, you know, they, you love the reaction they've given you. And then you think to yeah. yourself, well, hopefully that will happen to me down the line. And it doesn't even matter if it doesn't. It just makes you feel good for those, those moments when you're actually in the zone. Absolutely, for sure. And they're the sorts of things I put in my gratitudes. Mm. I write down those sort of things because yeah. well, it's all they, they are a joyful moment in exactly. my day. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. Absolutely. So they're the six resilience strategies. I love them. I they're brilliant. <laughs> uh, thank you. They've certainly changed my life. And yeah, definitely. Very different from how it used to be. I would have 10% of the unhelpful thoughts that I used to have. And yeah. when they do pop into my mind, I know what to do with them now. Yeah, you can It's really empowering. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Now, what advice right. would you offer other people when facing their own mental health crisis? Yeah, as I said earlier, just never give up getting the help you need. And it can be different for different people. I also think that if something isn't working after you've given it a really good shot, like, you know, maybe years, try something else as well, even if you do it on the side. You know, I hear about people who have seen a psychologist or a psychiatrist for 10 years, but they're still feeling much the same. Mm. And I'm not saying that person isn't a good professional and I'm not saying that maybe they would actually be worse if they weren't working with them. But I think that different people respond to different treatments. I well. agree. It's good to be curious about what it is that might make a difference. For and, you. It's, and it's and, okay to try several people. I mean, I truly believe that yes. with, with this sort of help that you're going to seek in this circumstance, it's almost for women. It's like choosing a lipstick color that you love. For men, it might be your favourite tie. The first one you try isn't always going to be the one for you. It's okay to let that go and move on to someone else because, trust me, you can find someone that will be amazing for you. You've just got to find Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, you know, there's some amazing brief therapies around that can Mm. make a massive difference. And examples of that are things like neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, that made a really big difference for me working with a practitioner. But even EFT tapping, that's got some amazing science behind it and people don't know about it. And it's self-administered. You just 
tap yeah. certain acupressure points. Things like that can change people's lives. And, you know, it's not 10 years of psychotherapy. Exactly, or, yeah. You know, just explore. And it's, and and it's free. <laughs> yeah, that that is. It might you might work with a practitioner to first to begin learn with, the yeah, technique. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But there's lots of different options out there. So I just think never give up until you feel well, until you feel fulfilled, and know that it can be different for different people. And if right now you're really, really, if you're struggling right now, please reach out to somebody. Do not try and deal with it on your own no, because. Exactly we can get ourselves into quite a state where we're not rational anymore. And I honestly believe with my whole heart that suicide is not the answer, mm. that we can actually recover, that we can get ourselves well, that we can live a fulfilling life and that we have right to do that. And there are so many options these days. You don't even have to speak to, to somebody. You can even text people these days. Yeah. You know? There's so many There's services out there. Services. There is something Absolutely. for everybody, definitely. Now, Donna, yeah. where can people find out more about you? Uh-huh. I have a Facebook page, which is my name, Donna Thistle Thwaite. I have a website, donnathistlethwaite.com com.au it might just be com actually <laughs> and i'm on linkedin so i hang out a bit on linkedin but it depends where your what your audience's preferred channels are t-h-i-s-t-l-e-t-h-w-a-i-t-e thank you so much donna i really appreciate it i love talking to you i think you've just got the most beautiful energy about you, you really do and I appreciate Thanks, your time. Anne. And I just think that this is such a great thing for listeners to hear your story. Thank you for sharing it. Uh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed our chats as well. I hope it saves properly this time. Uh, me too. I'm sure it will. The, the gods are with us today. <laughs> yeah. cool. All Fantastic. right. Lovely. I hope that our paths cross again in the future. Likewise. Thank you. Also, All right. Take please- care. Thank you. Please don't forget, if you need to call anyone or speak to anybody, Lifeline is 13114 or look for similar services in your area. Thank you so much. Ants Talk. It's like Oprah, but not.